The editor-in-chief of the very athletic Bay Area, Tim Kawakami. Tim Kawakami, who has covered the NBA for over two decades. It's time now for the TK Show on Athletic Podcast Network. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show, recording from the home studio. Very glad to have out as my guest, has been on the show many, many times. Familiar voice, familiar person. I was looking up, you've been running the Warriors basketball operations for more than 10 years. That's a long time, and you've been with the team for more than 11. Bob, this is a, this is a long run. It's uh, the president and general manager of the Golden State Warriors, Bob Myers. Uh, how are you doing today, Bob? Good. I'm doing well, Tim. Yeah, thinking back on the beginning, I think the only people left besides, I suppose, Joe, who who bought the team but eric Housen, or equipment manager your your friend and mine raymond ritter and i think curry those are the people that when i started that uh, (laughs) we were smart enough to keep we're not we don't get everything right but we kept eric Housen, and we kept raymond and we kept curry do not pretty smart yeah i don't know about curry you know he could come or go but (laughs) housing for sure i mean he's yeah but ritter yeah probably yeah, uh, but it's all good. I'll I'll start with a just curious. I mean, very short off season for everybody. I know Curry's been gallivanting around Europe. Uh, you know, you do basically get what like the August sort of August into September off. Bob, did you do anything? Did you have to kind of like, hey, this is going to be an incredibly short, knowing that you've got Japan coming up. I don't know if you're going, but the team's certainly starting camp early because of your two games exhibition games in Japan. Or did you do anything to kind of like, hey, I got to get away a little bit. Yeah, I think I, I hope I think we all did. As far as I can uh, can muster, I I think everybody went away and did something. I was in Europe for a little bit um, at, in mid July, and then came back and did a little bit of uh, just domestic stuff. I was in New York, went to L.A., Santa Barbara. But I think Tim, the hard part is, I guess for us, if you're lucky enough to win a championship as an executive. It's not like you can go out, get drunk, and just forget about everything until training camp. Not that the coaches and players can do that, but we had the draft. We had the parade on, I believe it was a Monday, and then the draft on Thursday. Yeah. yeah. I think free agency started the following Monday or whatever it might be. So you kind of have to stay engaged even after accomplishing what you hope to, which is win a championship. Mentally stay engaged and physically because there's a, there's a fatigue to this, um, and we've experienced it before. But then you, all of a sudden, as you see, summer league, uh, excuse me, free agency falls off a cliff pretty fast now. It's almost done in three days. Yep. And then they got summer league and some small maybe roster moves. And then it just screeches to a halt. And um, it's hard for me because you're going 100 miles an hour and then you're not moving. And so I wish there was actually less to do when it was crazy and more to do in August and September. So you kind of even it out. But that's... That's my dream. It'll never, <laughs> never happen. No, it won't happen. You're going to get everything jammed together in one week, and then everything mm-hmm. else is going to get be plotted mm-hmm. out. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll bring this up. I'm going to understand there's tampering rules, but your uh, point guard, speaking of Steph Curry, did bring this up in a recent Rolling Stone yep. interview. I don't think it was any shock to anybody that there was some conversations internally, I think is what he's referring to, or maybe even externally, uh, about trading for Kevin Durant. And again, without you saying this sure. is what happened, but... You know, when you have Steph and Draymond, I think those are the two ones we know, and, and Clay probably you know, pretty intrigued by this. And, and I would say, I bet you Durant was kind of interested in the other way. He asked to be traded. Like, how live did this get? How big a deal did you have to kind of deal with something like this? 
Well, understand you have to ask. I'll give you the best answer I can. I'll give you, I'll say a couple things. One, I love the fact that uh, Steph showed that he does have a good relationship with Kevin. Uh, I think it was often thought or maybe rumored that they weren't close or that maybe you know, they didn't have a great relationship while he was here. I'm happy that Steph came out and said he loved playing with Kevin. He, he loves the player. He loves the guy. Uh, I really liked hearing that because, you know, it, it's, it's sometimes there's narratives that are presented and I don't know how you thought of it or what you're, but, but I think a lot of people read that and said, wow, you know, they re- he really would like to play with him. He did enjoy playing with him because there's, there was a narrative that whose team was it and people were jealous. And I'm happy that Steph kind of set that record straight. Um, and so look, those guys, and you referenced Draymond and Clay, and they, um, they love to win. And so they're always chasing that, uh, no matter what it looks like. As far as my answer to specifics, I can't. But what I will say is that, you know, it's hard now in the business, Tim, and maybe because you and the media are very good at pursuing hypotheticals. And, and it's, it's, it's hard for an executive to respond to things that didn't happen um, or were thought to happen and grade them as almost happening and things like that because – there's so much that we do do. I always ask, like, grade us on what we do do. Don't grade us on what we might do, <laughs> do didn't do. Yeah, and I know you do that, and, and you should do that. But I find um, now, and, it, and you would have to answer this to me, there's been a shift towards this team offered this in a trade or didn't offer this, and should, we heard this, or they offered this player. And I always am fascinated by there's no way of knowing that's true. I don't even know that's true, and I'm in the business. But – fans i suppose are fascinated by that narrative right and i guess you would you write your job and you say yeah listeners want to know readers want to know you do you do want to keep it yeah you do yeah so you do want to keep it in as, as much context as you can like you try to say like maybe these names came up right that's what i learned right. from talking to many executives including bob myers over the years and just dealing with this names come up right and yeah. you know when, when you know when it's a huge thing lots of names come come up and I think mm-hmm. executives understand that to some. Like Brad Stevens didn't go crazy when you know one of his great yeah. players came up, and and I re- appreciated that. You just kind of deal yeah. with it because you have to assume that fans know when it's something like that. Like everything yeah. is going to be out. Doesn't mean anything was offered. Like you know we, we've sure. gone through this like the Steph yeah. the Steph yeah. stuff over the years, right? Was he offered for this? Did you right. know this right. or that? And right. like we've talked about it. It's like conversations you know clay thompson for <laughs> kevin love right like and, right. and i hope like what i do or or people who try to maintain some sort of levelness on this like it's all out there it's conversation yeah. But yeah, i like the way you're you're approaching this it's like and i did i, I think i wrote this at the, at the time like there could be what it, it does do is say these great players loved playing together like th- those right. three years. Now, maybe some of the third year, it got awkward. We certainly know it did on on the court in, in L.A. But like they understood how once in a lifetime that was, and they didn't like they all enjoyed the basketball. They all enjoyed being together mm-hmm. in that. And I do think this was a little bit of a like it's good to think back on that as not a terrible time. Yeah. It was a really good time. Yeah. And I think that's the part I was saying from the outset as far as Steph speaking on it because. You know, it's for the people that were here, and there's not a ton of people that were in the building. Um, and I speak for myself and even Steve, we reflect on the, those years as really great um, high level basketball um, and um, obviously a lot of success. And that's what we try to do is win. And we won at a pretty high level. And um, 
But, you know, it's hard now because especially the way that team was kind of covered, uh, it's you, you get such into the minutia. You know, if you look too close at anything, you're going to find some, some things that, that, that uh, pop up. But, yeah, I mean, I'm happy that they reflect on it in a really positive way. And, and, and kind of moving it forward to this last season, Tim, what, what I, as I look back on winning the championship this last year, I don't know what you think. I think part of the reason we won, um, or a good chunk of the reason we won, was I'm not sure in the past we weren't the most talented team. Certainly in those years that we were just talking about, I would argue we were the most talented team. Um, and in the first year we won it, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I'd be curious to see what you think. In 2015, were we obviously the best team? I mean, Cleveland had some injuries. There was other teams that were good. Memphis was tough that year. Uh, the Clippers had a really good team that year. And so it wasn't an obvious talent gap. But then you look at 22 and knowing how to win and, and having guys that knew how to win and had won, I think was a huge reason we did win, whether that's Steve knowing how to coach um, and having been there before, our players having been there before. I think we leaned into that more than we ever did uh, in the previous three championships or even in the previous five finals was – Draymond, Steph, even after we lost game three, I forget who said it um, when we were down to one. One of them said, and, and respectfully, this wasn't done out of arrogance or anything. They said, I think we can win the next three games. And, and, and when they say stuff, a lot of players say things, and some of it's bravado and some of it's talking themselves into it. When, when those three guys, and even Andre, say things like that, you have to believe them. Because they've earned the right to say things like that. And again, it wasn't like it's going to be easy and we don't respect the Celtics. But more than one guy said, I think we can win the next three games. Um, and it was interesting to hear them say that and to actually have conviction behind that. And for me and my job to say, you know what, if, if they think that, they've been here before and they know what it takes and, and they think they can do it. And that's encouraging. And just thinking that is the only way you can do it, right? That's like, right. It's, it's, yeah. It's very late, very late Hillbian, right? It's very Joe. Mm -hmm. Like you say right. it, or, or else it's never yeah. going to happen. Sure. Uh, and, and you've got guys who've lived it and experienced. Well, you bring up Andre. Obvious question. Uh, I know you guys have held it open, held the roster spot open for him. Have you any indication that he is nearing a decision? And at some point, do you have to say we got to know Andre? Yeah, we're getting near that. Point. I don't know what he's going to do. I hope he plays for us. I know you heard Steve comment on that. I really think he's important to our season. Uh, Andre is one of those guys, Tim, and you've been around our team as long as anybody. He's got a great respect level about him. He's got a great presence. He is one of the few people in the world that can look Curry or Draymond or Clay in the eye and meet them at their level, but also grab a Jordan Poole or a Wiseman or Kaminga and speak to them and encourage them. And, and we just, there's no one else in the league that can do that for our team. And we think he can still play and help us in certain spots. And so we're, we really want him back. This isn't like a charity thing. It's not, oh, you know, we can't not say um, <laughs> yes to Andre because he's won championships. We have pursued him more than he has pursued us. But we've also left him that grace to let him make the decision on his own. Uh, because he's earned that too. He's played in the NBA long enough. He knows what it is. He's played in our organization. If he wants to come back, we'd love to have him. And if he doesn't, I'm sure he's got a thousand things he could do. But I believe in my role, and Steve would tell you the same thing, and, and as would Steph. We talked about Andre the other day. I talked to Draymond about him. 
there's it's it's unequivocal in the organization. I mean, there, there's not a guy that doesn't want him back uh, in a big way. So we're hoping he does. And you're right, it's coming down to decision time. But you don't push Andre Iguodala. I'll tell you that. No. If you if you push Andre, he will resist. So yeah, you will get the opposite. You will get the opposite reaction from yeah, Andre right. Iguodala. Uh, exactly. Could you yeah. just go 14 roster spots and hold 15 open for him at some point, or do, are you pretty committed to 14 roster spots? Uh, you, you more than anyone are aware of our financial <laughs> commitments. So we, we did it last year. Uh, we paid the 12 million to bring in Peyton and uh, thank goodness it worked because uh, you know, I don't want to in my role stare at an owner and say we added 15 and cost us 12 million and we fell short. Uh, and um, so financially last year, the only exceptional outcome uh, I heard kind of quietly was we better win a championship. If we're going to have this kind of payroll. <laughs> Thank goodness it, it, uh, it happened. But I think Tim, we'd like to stay at 14 barring somebody that just snatches it. But we said the same thing last year. If you would have been doing this podcast with me last year at the same time, I would have said the same thing. And Peyton came along um, and took that job and, and put us in a spot where, he kind of forced our hand to, to add him to the roster. If somebody does that, you know, Joe's, you know, is, is, is as good as I do. He wants to win, but I don't see that. I ho- actually hope it doesn't happen because it's just another big chunk on top of a, a pretty big payroll. You mentioned these numbers, you know, Joe, I talked to Joe and he was like saying these 400, 450, 500, that's crazy money. And I understand that. It's just, you are getting towards that. Obviously, you know, that more or better or in more detail than anybody, uh, have you hit a number? I mean, have you basically said this is the number we cannot like you got, you know, listen, you got raises built in the steps contract, lays contract. I mean, we know that. But in, in your mind, have you hit a ceiling that you are really not going to go over if, unless something insane happens? You saw a couple players that we tried to sign and couldn't who, who got nice deals in the offseason players that played for us. That was probably the first semblance of there's a a limit and and we I felt like we already kind of broke through the limit with last year's payroll and thankfully Joe spends what he spends and it helps helps us win but I do know that there are constraints I've never been told though Tim this is the number if your question is I've never been actually told that it's more situational and I think if you owned a team or I did that that is probably the way to run a team which is hey Tim do you want to sign Gary Payton and you say well you know, what's our payroll going to be? And I said, it's going to be X. And you go, well, how good do you think he is? I, I say, actually, I think he'd be a rotation. Then you have to decide, right? Yeah. Because it's not, you don't have shareholders. You don't have, you may have some minority owners, but it's a debate in some sense of how competitive are you? Um, and that's where fans get engaged on owner spending. It's different in football because there's a cap, but this is where the fans jump in and are lucky to have a guy like Joe, who is almost too competitive for his own good. <laughs> Which is a great thing to work for someone like that because he, um, even when I'm the one saying, you know what, I think we should maybe not do this, he will resist that as far as, well, what will it make us better? And I say, yeah, but, you know, we're, our spending is getting pretty high. Now, to answer your question directly, yes, there's limits. There are limits. Um, to caveat that, as far as how we look at those limits and how we move through them, Tim, this league, and I, I, every, I think I say this when I see you, is it's moving faster than it ever has, in my opinion, as far as decisions, as far as did I think we were going to win the championship last year? I mean, Steve and I were quoted as I didn't 
think we were the favorite by any sense. I thought we could contend. But if you said, hey, do you think you're the favorite or do you think that's likely? The honest answer would have been no. Now, I don't play. If I was a player, I might say something else. But, but I, I'm just <laughs> you, being honest. If you were, if you. were playing, yeah. there would be less of a shot to win a yeah, championship. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But my point is that why is that relevant? Uh, the league, we've had a year where Curry went out third game of the year, and that was it. We knew right away. Season's over. Uh, last year, we didn't know what Clay was going to be when he came back. We had no sense of what Poole would look like as a starter. Would Wiggins take a step up? Um, you know, what would, what would Wiseman never play? You know, what would the rookies give us? So this year, is, there's going to be pleasant surprises and disappointments too. And you have to factor all that into these financial decisions. Because when we make them, they're guaranteed contracts. Yeah. We can't move off them. It's not a little bit like football where you can restructure them. We can't restructure these contracts. You know that, but maybe the listeners don't. Once we make a deal, we cannot change them. So these decisions are big. So we want as much information as we can get when we make them. And the financial um, component of it is certainly relevant because, because again, our payrolls, I don't know if it's the highest in the league right now, but it's certainly one or two. It, it's, I think it is one. Uh, we'll talk about some of these contracts. You, know, you have Andrew Wiggins eligible for extension. You have Jordan Poole eligible for the rookie extension. Uh, there is a deadline with Jordan Poole. It's what, October 30th or whatever it is. Uh, Wiggins, there's, as you've mentioned, there is no deadline. Uh, have you had substantial conversations with either or both? Would you expect those deals to come down to the wire? Or maybe they're not going to happen. Yeah, well, you didn't throw in, you know, I, I think with both those guys and Draymond, our goal, we, we want those all three around as long as we can have them. Um, we've had conversations with all three uh, players, the representatives. I'm not going to get into like the likelihood or, or not of any of them getting done. Um, but we know how important they are. Without those guys, I don't know that we win a, a championship last year. You take any of them away. Obviously, Draymond's, his pedigree here is, he'll go down as one of the best warriors ever to, put on a uniform. Um, so we know the value of all those guys. We've had conversations too early for me to say what will happen or won't happen. But, but the goal is to keep those guys, all three of them as long as we can. But, but again, there's financial components. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you do run, I mean, there are, you start running the numbers and yeah, you do. Uh, you do. And, and yeah, I, I didn't mention Draymond there and, and I've written this and gotten, you, you know how much I respect Draymond's game and obviously have, underline what he's meant to this franchise and you do that certainly and joe and steve and everybody but you look at some of these numbers and you look at kind of like actuarial tables and where someone might be like draymond is the one i'll say it i mean like you think if there has to be a move it might be there are you saying like there's like in your mind that is not what is you're going to give yourself an option to do like you are not saying that Draymond Green is somebody who, who could be sacrificed for some of this. I'm not. Saying, no, no. Yeah. His, he's too. I would definitely unequivocally say there's not a guy that we look at and say he's not going to be around. Now, there's going to be have to just at some point decisions are going to have to be made. But but as far as his importance to this organization and what he's done, we're going to do everything we can to keep him in the fold um, and, and also kind of move forward. And there, as again, I've learned in this thing, what is true today is going to be completely different in a month and two months and four months, and one year. And so as, as much as we do model, Tim, um, we also have to plug into that model a lot of variables about our team, about how we finish, evaluating everything, evaluating the season, evaluating an increased uh, luxury tax, an increased uh, what we just saw and you probably saw was the cap going up. Um, yep. 
you know, and, and things like that. And so we don't make these decisions um, and certainly not in the way you just stated definitively, like this guy is going to be here. This guy's not, we don't, we don't do that um, because right now we're not making those decisions today. So everything's on the table um, and you really have to, in my position, uh, do your best and you owe it to the fans and the organization to players that have helped in the way that all those guys have. And, and we were talking about Draymond. Certainly it's obvious to anybody listening to this, what he's done for us. I don't, I could never sit here and say, well, he's, he's not going to be around that. I, I can't even, hmm. can't even get the words out of my mouth. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, but I know his value. I know those guys value. And um, we're going to have to see how things unfold in order to get real clarity on that stuff in the future. Yeah. And, and that theme, you know, Jordan Poole, uh, you, you probably could use another season to fully evaluate, right? I mean, he could use that season to try to get his number up higher. I mean, isn't it Yeah. not trying to predict anything? You never know what's going to happen. Isn't it feel like that extra season, he's still a restricted free agent at the end of it if you don't sign him to an extension now, that that might be playable. It might be like, let's just see where, where his career is when he's 23, right, instead of when he's 22. Yeah, and I've been on the other side as an agent. Sometimes, you know, even with Steph a long time ago, um, he clearly, uh, at the time, I don't know what you wrote, but many oh. thought, let him play it out. Yep. I don't know where you were. No, I, you told me then that he wanted a new deal. So yeah, like, I was yeah. like, yeah, like, right. I would have played it out. I would like, I think okay, I wrote sure, it. Like, sure. Yeah. yeah and like, I think current, this guy's right? worth 17 million a yeah. year. What's he yeah, doing? Right, taking 11, right. so, you know? So, so, but there was, I mean, you remember, cause you covered us. What do you think? 30, 40% of people said, um, don't sign him to the, to us. Yep. Don't sign yep. Curry right, right now. Yeah. Make him show he's healthy. That's Steph Curry. You're talking about mm-hmm. in hindsight, people think, are you kidding me? Like, um, but, at the moment in time when we made that decision, um, he wanted to get a deal done, obviously. He understood he was probably leaving some money on the table. He was coming off the ankle stuff. We, in a way, took a little risk because what if he the ankle didn't improve? And what if we did put that money out there? Um, turns out, obviously, Steph has done well to make up. Make <laughs> done up okay. <laughs> He's done okay. But I, I think my point in even revisiting that is, to say, let a guy play it out. Don't let him play it out. A lot of it will come down to where that deal, what that deal looks like when you have to make that decision. Like, where are you? Because who knows what his side or he wants, or he might say, I really want to make sure I'm here or I'm okay. Um, I just want to have my first big deal um, and and go for a bigger one next time around. I, and I'm not saying one's right or wrong. Like I said, when I represented players, I'd sit down with them and say, what what do you want? Can you play out a season? Some players, not not not. This has nothing to do with Jordan, but some players might say, you know what? I, I worry. I don't want to have that hanging over my head this season. Some might say, I'm not going to worry about it at all. Obviously, you see a guy like Aaron Judge doesn't seem to bother him. Yep. Um, some people it does, and I'm not putting that on. It's different. I don't know if it would bother you or me. Um, it's sometimes it's it's something that players don't want spinning through their head so long answer i don't know tim if we do the podcast around the middle of october <laughs> let's do it i'd give you a better answer let's do it we're, we're, we're booking uh, and by the way yeah. i love i love for agency just speaking from my own point yeah. of view not commenting yeah. anything i love for agency yeah. uh yeah. patrick baldwin and ryan rollins draft picks uh very interesting players did not play in the summer league uh with 
minor or whatever we want to term them injuries to both of them. Are you expecting them fully healthy? Are they working out now and are you expecting them fully healthy for camp? Yeah, they should be. I mean, both had a couple. Ryan had the small foot thing, but he's ramping it up and getting ready and should be, I think, able to start scrimmage in full next week. And, and camp starts, I believe, Friday or Saturday. I know we start earlier. Yeah. Um, first practice is probably on Saturday. Next Saturday is about 10 days away. Um, they should be full go by then. They have played. Um, Ryan had to take the break from summer league and Patrick, but Patrick's been playing and doing pickup for the last few weeks. And Ryan's just about to start. So it's, it's always important. And we saw how hard it was with James to come into camp, not ready to play healthy as a rookie really is difficult. Yeah. It's a real tough thing. So we value the camp component. Um, and speaking of James, he's been playing pickup for the whole last few months, and he's it's very he's never gotten to do that. So we're getting to see that too, which is really good. You got obviously that two timeline thing. You don't know, bring that up. I mean, you do have Wiseman, Moody, Kaminga. Like this is why you draft them. Like you do have to play them at some point. They do have to take some of the salary ballast, right? You can't just bring in guys making fifteen million, twenty million, thirty million dollars a year. I believe I asked you this already, but now with camp right coming up, do you see from them? Do you feel from them? And is in your mind? Are these three guys are going to be in the rotation this season? Well, so they kind of have to be. At least some of there's not. Um, we don't have Juan anymore, Damian Lee, uh, Otto. You know, said we lost arguably five rotation players, and we didn't really replace them. Um, we did add DiVincenzo and Jamichael, so, yeah. so you could argue where they sit in it. But of the guys you named, a few of them are going to earn those minutes because there's no one else. I don't know which ones it'll be, but they're going to all have the chance to do it. I mean, Moody and Kaminga, we're in spurts last year. Who takes those minutes? Does one play more than the other? Uh, to be determined. But for them, it's going to be a great opportunity. A lot of times you come off a championship and those teams traditionally are very heavy veteran laden. So now we've got this group core and, and I think Steve called them what do you call them? The, uh, the core six or what, what did he, the foundational? <laughs> I don't know what he's, 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 he's adding I people. Yeah, no. I don't know, but I don't know what it was before. I know everybody talks about the three guys. I mean, Iguodala's obviously in there and Wiggins and Poole and, and Looney. So I don't, whatever the list is beyond that, you've got spots that we need to fill. And I think that those young players are going to have every shot to get them. And I'm excited to see, how the whole thing uh, lands for all those guys. I look at the roster, and maybe I'm too coachy on this. It does feel like you could use another point guard because Steph may not be playing. I don't know that last time he played 75 games, right? I mean, you're going to give him time off. It makes sense after a long season at age 34. and uh, He's not the only one, obviously, Draymond and Clay and whoever else. But uh, then you have Jordan Poole, and then I don't know who else your point guard is. I mean, you got Matt McClung as an invitee. You've got... Other, I guess, options. I mean, do you, I think I've heard Livingston say this, like ball handling could be something that you guys are looking to add. Is, is, is that like the primary thing that you're focused on for that last 14th roster spot? Or am I putting too much emphasis on no, just no, having the, the third point? If you want to find a deficiency, I suppose, the third point card spots always used to be, it was usually rostered. And that, that spot, I guess, I don't want to speak for the league. I found that to be, in some ways, um, a luxury because you can almost fill that now with a two-way be- yeah. because for the third point guard, assuming he's a, just a point guard, and that's why we like Livingston and Nigadala in their heyday, they could be a point guard too, but play other positions. But if you're talking about just a point guard, that player probably only plays if Curry or Poole is out. And so you're talking about you know 12 minutes if, if, if one of them is out. So it's because these roster spots are so important, you'd like to have players that can play multiple positions. 
maybe somebody that can play the two that can play the one and maybe Jordan's that guy. So ideally we fill that with the two way last year. Chioza played some, obviously he's not going to be back. We might bring some guys in to compete for that spot, but fair to say that we think we're okay. at The bigs between Draymond Looney Wiseman and, and Jamaica playing some there. Um, so, so that I think we're a little bit set at even Baldwin, probably a four in Kaminga. many respects. Kaminga. Kaminga, the four. Yeah. So we, and then the the wing spots, which you can never have enough of. You got you know Poole and Clay and Wiggins um, and Moody and DiVincenzo. And so, if you if you if I'm answering your question correctly, that traditional kind of set up the offense guy, we think we can maybe get as a two way, but it's not like there's obvious great ones uh, out there. That also may be a situation, Tim, where if something like that does happen, um, and we need to add, we would add on the on the fly rather than roster somebody right away. Because in, in a way, um, the years we've tried to stack the big guys, like it, it, we've never gotten this quite right. Last yeah. year we thought we had the bigs under control, and thank goodness Looney stayed healthy, but everyone was advocating to add a big, and we thought James was coming back. And then he didn't. Thank, thankfully, we were able to piece it together with the elite supporter, Looney Draymond. But um, I like that's where the latitude of the 15th spot may be good too, to see how things break. And if we need a guard, um, we can add one as we go. Baldwin and, and Rollins, can you even like think about like what their roles could be or are they just to the side right now? No, I mean, Rollins is a guy that, you know, if we can get him in some action, we can s- decide if he's that third third guard. Um, can he play in those spot minutes? And he, he could easily grab that job, take that job. Um, we think he probably can. We want to see a little bit of it. Uh, we'll start seeing that in the next 10 days. And, and I think Steve will throw him out there and, it's a preseason action, but uh, it's too bad he missed summer league. That would have given us a little bit better sense. Um, but we drafted him for a reason. We paid to to get him uh, in the second round for a reason, and uh, we think he can eventually grow into that that guard role and even play with Poole and Curry because he's big wingspan guy, got good length for the guard position, good size, and that's why we kind of liked him. We think he can play with um, what might be our other point guards in, in Poole and Curry. I got to ask you Wiseman questions that is contractually obligated. Uh, and I know maybe the franchise is trying to not put all this expectation anymore. It's been two years, but just from what you said, it's the first time he's been able to kind of scrimmage and, you know, get in there with the guys and run around a little bit, but obviously got through summer league. Uh, where do you see him fitting in at the moment? Is he just your second center? Is he not even quite that yet? Where is James Wiseman as you go into camp? You know what? It, I, I thought about this not because he asked, and you obviously can ask whatever you want. Uh, he, I think the most encouraging thing, Tim, is since summer league, every day he gets a little bit better. I mean, he was playing pickup today. He was better this week than last week and better than the week prior to that and better than summer league. He keeps getting better, which is really encouraging. On the little things, on the spatial awareness, on the rim protection, on the finishing, on the shot selection, on reading the pick and rolls, He's playing some pickup with Poole and watching those two work together and maybe a potential second unit type of offense. I'm really encouraged. This is the first time organizationally we've been able to see him building consistently without an injury. So I'm, um, you know, I, I think he's got a great shot to get real minutes. I I think Steve's going to put him in spots to succeed. I think they're going to limit his freedom offensively a little bit, focus on the little things and build out from that. But if you look at our uh, roster, you'd, you'd say Steve has already said Looney's starting, Draymond at the four. I don't think James is going to play with Looney. 
but Looney has never been a 30 minute uh, guy, uh, low twenties. And so does James come in and play with Draymond some, do we go to Draymond at the end of the game to be our finishing five? We've done a lot of that. Although last year Looney was finishing at the five with Draymond at the four a lot. And that, that team defensively was really, really good. Um, so it's going to evolve, but I will say that right now James looks to be, and again, he's got to go grab it, um, at least the first center off the bench uh, if we're playing traditional basketball. If we want to go small, uh, you could see Draymond at there, and then, or you could see James playing with Draymond, I suppose. You could see James, though, around a lot of shooting, which is the way a lot of teams play with a player like James. They put him in a, you know, a, a screen and roll and he dives to the rim, and you put four shooters around him. There's options we can do for that. I think Steve's excited to explore the possibilities, but James's athleticism, his talent, his size gives you a lot of options. And, and Tim, I, I'm, I feel good about him. I really do. I, and mostly because he's put all the work in. And I'm not – this isn't organization speak. Nobody will believe me anyway. <laughs> but I really do. I, I think he's done a nice job um, over the last month, even past summer league. I, I would even move that aside, even yeah. watching him play pickup and things like that. So I'm – I'm excited about what he can do, uh, and uh, and I'm happy he's healthy. That's the most important thing. You can pick up that fourth year option right now. I imagine it looks good. It looks good to do that. I don't see why we wouldn't. Um, yeah. He's healthy. The biggest thing on that would be health. I mean, he looks really. He looks like he's playing well. No reason to think that wouldn't happen, in my opinion. All right, Bob. Uh, I know you got a hard out. I will honor yeah. that. I will ask you a version yeah. of the question. I haven't previewed yeah, this. Ahead. I'm sorry. We were just chatting beforehand. Right. I forgot to ask you which version of the question, but I will, I'll just pick one because uh, you're Bob Myers. You can you can do this uh, <laughs> uh, off the cuff. Bob Myers, what's your favorite restaurant right now? Oh, boy. Favorite you are restaurant. you are well Same. known just, to be a fine diner. Fine nah, diner. I don't know about that. I don't yeah. know. About, I got three young children, so I <laughs> pick my spots. Um I love this place near our house called Social. It's a nice little spot um, tucked away off Sacramento Street. It's got great food. They're, they're, it's, it's kind of like um, a neighborhoody spot. Kerr goes there. Okay. Don't 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 all the listeners. Kind yeah, of yeah. Now you're gonna get everybody. The place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. You guys Steve's never go. Celebrity. You, you, you Steve's never. a celebrity. I'm just uh, <laughs> nobody bothers me. But um, Steve and I like it. And um, what kind of food? It's this is oh, it's food. It's got everything. It's got nice po- pastas are really good. Um, and but it's got meat, fish. Um, it's a nice. It's got a little outdoor area, but it's it's not a huge spot. You'd like it. You should go. Yeah, I I, I yeah. will get out there. Get out uh, there. I, I have a friend who just moved out there in this ritzy neighborhood of yours. So ritzy, yeah. Uh, I I will uh, I will find my way out there. All and right. uh, It's my All old. Right. Yeah, I, I I've hung around there years ago, and I will get back okay. out there. It's a little far from All here. Right. Yeah. But thank you so much, Bob. I want to get you out when I promise I'd get you out. I really appreciate the conversation, and we'll do it again soon. I hope. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Take care. Our show for today. Thanks, everybody.